Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals so as I was telling you before we got on, I'm super pumped about talking about your research and your work, which seems to be about unpacking altered states and um, I would say a different setting than what most people. Mm. All right. So mm-hmm. let's let's before we get into that, how did you come to want to even learn about this information? Right. Um, so this this project, I suppose initially started seven years ago. And that was when I first went to the Amazon. And I've always been interested in the Amazon. I've always been interested in plant medicines. Um, Just as a child, I've always been interested in plants and I thought it'd be an interesting place to go. So I had a flight booked to South America and I thought, okay, well now's my chance to actually go visit the Amazon. And upon Googling the Amazon, one of the first things that comes up is ayahuasca. And I thought, oh, okay, this sounds pretty interesting. Uh, It sounded intense from what I read. And I didn't want to read too much because, like I mentioned, it was pretty intense. So I thought the best way to do this would be to try it. Um, So I kind of dove in, eyes shut. And what I I found was something incredibly profound. And it wasn't just the medicine itself. So it wasn't just ayahuasca itself. It was the ceremonial construction and the people who knew how to navigate the state. So the ayahuasca itself was a great medicine, but the medicine itself is just, to me, it's just, it's, it's a plant. But to know how to navigate that, that's a whole different field. And to have this knowledge preserved for thousands of years as well, that's a completely different story. So that tells me there's something really important going on here. Um, so that started seven years ago. And then from there, I went on um, to complete my university degrees. I finished my bachelor's and then I did my honors, which involved more field work in the Amazon. Uh, for three months so I was building off those connections once again and then I did my master's on psychedelics as well and now I'm doing my PhD here for a year and it's all working with people that I've known for about seven years as well so between four to seven years Um, so we've got a level of trust between us which means that this knowledge can be shared with someone they trust as well Um, so that's a little bit about how I suppose I landed in the current day um, of being in the Amazon today And it was also important for me, if I'm being honest, and this is what I realized now, seven years down the line, is it would have been quite difficult to just jump in straight away because the Amazon, even the conditions are quite different to regular life back in New Zealand. Um, Like I have to get used to mosquitoes or I have to be comfortable seeing snakes. So I have to, I've seen a few tarantulas. Like if I think about seeing that in my first year, that would have completely freaked me out. But because I've been here for quite a few times and it's my fourth time in the Amazon now, I feel a little bit more used to it. I feel like I can navigate that space a little bit better in the physical realm, just the day-to-day life. Um, so it's, it's had to build up that way myself. The Amazon seems so mysterious to me. I mean, I think for anybody who's never been there, you know, maybe you watch a documentary about it or you, you know, you hear certain things and you know, the lungs of the planet and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. What do you take away from the relationship of the Amazon and plant medicine. What, what about that, that synergy makes it so incredible? 
the first time I saw the Amazon, the river itself, so the Amazon's a big region. It's um, in Peru, it's in Brazil, it touches the bottom of Ecuador, it touches the bottom of Colombia as well. First time I saw the Amazon was I was flying over a plane and it was beautiful. And I saw, it's like a snake. It's like a snake rip. You can see it's twists and turns. Um, and there was a sense of awe that filled me. Like there was a sense of, wow, this is something that's beyond everything I've ever seen before. And the fact that this is completely natural, there's nothing constructed in this space. It in a way took me out of my own ego, you might say as a human. It made me realize there's something bigger out there and there's something bigger that's purely natural. So for me, and this is what I've learned as well from talking to my research participants, the healers that I'm working with, is ayahuasca, it's a great medicine. Plant medicines are great medicine. They're wonderful. But it's also having that in the Amazon. So having that in the center of nature, like you said, the lungs of the planet, and being able to feel that strength that comes with nature, that, that phenomenal power that comes with nature. Even when there's a storm here, it feels like, it honestly sometimes feels like world ending. I can't describe it. Like it, it downpours. It's yeah. beyond anything that's human and it's completely natural. And in a sense, it makes you feel a little bit small, but then it also makes you realize that you can have that connection with that bigger thing. And it's it's a feedback loop that starts. And for me, it's very important to not only drink ayahuasca or drink these medicines and have these ceremonies, but also to have that connection to nature because nature is such an integral part of these ceremonies and this way of and with And for me in my own journeys, that's come with a lot of respect for nature. And I think that's greatly helped in my own healing. Um, yeah, most definitely. Yes. My yeah. journeys have <laughs> only deepened my uh, significance for nature. Uh, whenever mm. I've gone down the hole, you know, and uh, <laughs> I mean, it just, it's, it's one of those things though, you know, Rebecca, it's like, it's a, it's a truly alien experience if you've never even attempted it. Like it's hard mm -hmm. to explain, you know, and definitely it's just different, but I, I want to jump into this discussion about altered states. Mm -hmm. And I, when I was reading Michael Pollan's book, and, and some of the other stuff is talking about how humans crave altered states. Mm. What is it about these altered states that uh, we're always seeking as humans? Mm, that's really, that's really interesting question. I, I also want to second Michael Pollan's book. I love that. It's such a good book. It was quite, it was quite pivotal for me actually in my research career reading his book. It was, yeah, he writes beautifully. But, um, nice. What are we seeking, I suppose, in these states? For me, the first thing that interests me, so there was this study, it was done in 1967 by an anthropologist, Erica Borgenon. <laughs> um, and she pretty much looked at a bunch of societies, uh, tried to get a global picture. And out of that, she found that 90% have some form of accessing an altered state. So to me, that number is pretty significant. 90% of societies have some form of accessing an altered state. So there's some sort of prevalence here that makes me think, okay, this is important. Otherwise, why are so many people doing this? Um, so a lot of these states, from what she found, was they were used for healing um, or they're used for transmuting knowledge. Uh, with ayahuasca, you have a myth from the Tucano people of uh, Colombia where they say that ayahuasca came to them. It's part of their, um, their creation story, is that ayahuasca came to them as a way of maintaining a connection to the spirit world. And I suppose in Western um, science, the spirituality isn't so much included. 
but but to me that's still interesting to see that psychedelics are used in some way to maintain a connection whether that's to another realm that's spiritual whether it's to another part of yourself doesn't really matter to me it's just maintaining connection to something else um it's almost extending past just past just the human past just who i am today um i think yeah so for me i think this interest with psychedelics there's there's profound research that's been done now about the mental health benefits, for instance. Um, what I'm interested in with my project is looking at the functions of ayahuasca. So I, I do acknowledge that it's an amazing mental health tool. It's also a great physical health tool, which I've seen with ayahuasca, um, in the sense that it can help with certain illnesses, uh, especially gut illnesses, I've noticed, with participants that come. Um, and that's also part of the physical purge that happens. Um, so there's some sort of connection here between mental and physical illnesses that I'm seeing in the ceremonies. Um, but also other elements such as creativity, such as societal harmony. You know, there's accounts, there's old ethnographies about, um, about ayahuasca being used, for instance, when there's situations of conflict. So if people aren't agreeing in a society, have a ceremony, <laughs> talk it out. Seriously, though. That's amazing. Like, it, it's like consulting an elder, though. That's kind of how I see it. It's consulting something else, something else that's wise. Have a conversation and then bring that back to your community. You know, you don't want to live in um, disharmony. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different accounts and that and that's what I'm really interested in in this project. Like with the psychedelic renaissance, it's great. I love it. It's awesome. I'm 100% here for it, but there's a lot of research being done on mental health and I want to see what else is out there. What else can psychedelics be used for and what else have they been used for? So let's do a little bit of a discovery into that. Yeah. You said a lot. There's a lot there. I mean, there's just yeah. a lot there to talk about. <laughs> you know, I think the connection to the spirit world. Uh, okay, let me back up here. I oh, mean, it's just uh -huh. my mind's exploding with the questions. <laughs> From your research and working with people in the Amazon, what was the primary purpose of ayahuasca and psychedelics in, say, our ancient past to have a connection to the spirit world or was there were there other reasons for it beyond that so that is pretty much the crux of my research question and this is what i'm investigating and as i investigate more and more and more and with the levels of trust that i've built i'm seeing that there are more layers to this picture than i initially thought. um so that reference to the spiritual world that's a Tucano myth about their creation story. And often people will reference this. They will reference that ayahuasca does connect into something else. Uh, it's also interesting as um, post-missionary, a lot of Catholicism has spread through Amazon, Amazonia. There's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of religion here. It's quite heavy in that way. And quite a lot of the maestros as well are religious. So in the ceremonies, sometimes I see them invoking the Catholic priest and things like that. As, uh, and, it's, and to me, this moment's especially interesting because once again, it's maintaining your connection to something else that's divine. And ayahuasca is the vehicle. Uh, it's just a different thing that they're connecting to. It's super interesting, super, super interesting this moment. <laughs> um, and, now I've, and now I think I've lost my brain. brain <laughs> it's easy to do that with this topic because it's so profound yeah. and so uh -huh. big. You it know, is, it's, it's huge. It connects back to something that's so much bigger and older mm -hmm. and ancient is, than yeah. us. You know, and that's what to me it fascinates me so much about mm. it. It's like what were who came upon this first? And mm -hmm. what did they think? 
when it happened, they're mm. like, whoa, <laughs> like <laughs> exactly what yeah. just happened here, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, another another interesting, I'll just add on something quickly there is another interesting thing I find with ayahuasca is that it's also used as a knowledge bank. So if, for instance, if the maestro wants to know something more about a person's illness, for instance, that's something that he can ask ayahuasca for. If he wants to know more about particular plants and how they function, can ask ayahuasca on that, which is really interesting. Uh, if we go back to ancient stories on how ayahuasca, for instance, was first um, encountered, you might say, uh, a common story that's told back to me is that it was the plants that told them. So there's this reference back to the ancient people in the sense that they had such a strong connection with the spirit realm that it was the plants that told them what plants to use and in what particular way. So uh, with the ayahuasca brew, it's two plants, shakruna and the ayahuasca vine, if you're in Peru and most parts of Latin America. And these two plants have to be mixed in specific quantities to get the intended effects that is a psychedelic brew. And it's quite specific. And I've always found this particular um, interaction quite interesting because you're in the Amazon jungle with so many different plants. How do you find two that work perfectly together in perfect concentrations? And also both with the shakruna uh, leaf and ayahuasca vine, there are different types of that. And only certain types of the ayahuasca vine work with certain types of the shakruna leaf. So it becomes a little bit more sophisticated once again. Um, yeah, that was a, a little tangent, but it, no, it it's great. Fun. <laughs> life, life is tangents it's just all about life is, tangent. life is a bunch of tangents. nothing happens the way you think it's gonna happen it's all tangents and stuff and that's I some just, real wisdom there right i mean it's it's all i mean hey i'm gonna do this mm, that didn't happen you know like mm-hmm. i mean did you ever see yourself doing this i mean a long time ago i mean maybe you did but maybe not the exact way it's happened you know no not the exact way definitely not but i'm stoked that it happened i'm absolutely right. stoked yeah i yeah. could not have asked for a better way for it to unfold my um first ceremony funnily enough i drank there was the first thing i saw was the amazon and massive letters right above me i kind of knew that i was going to spend a little bit more time here than initially <laughs> expected <laughs> yeah. yeah it was obvious right yeah not quite in this way though it turned out a bit nicer than i expected I mean, I never thought I would do psychedelics ever. I mean, I'm the really? last person that anybody that has known me for a long time, they'd be like, no way, no <laughs> way. But now I'm like interviewing as many people in the field as possible. Uh, I love the journeys I take, but uh, I think I'm very much fascinated by the the ancient aspect of it. That's why I contacted mm-hmm. you because I'm like, you know, this. I've talked to a lot of people who are kind of doing the current version. Mm-hmm. of it which is more of your western society and while i like that i think it takes out too much of the spiritual component of it in my personal mm-hmm. opinion and i think it's 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 a spiritual plant to me in many ways mm-hmm. i mean it's but it feels like in western society we try to strip the spirituality out of these medicines too much and mm-hmm. so i'm curious what you think about that about uh stripping the spirituality out um I, I think the first thing that actually comes to mind is one thing I strongly, strongly feel with the psychedelic renaissance and how more places are legalizing or decriminalizing mm-hmm. psychedelics is how important it is to have safety around these practices. 
And for me, when I think about safety, I'm not going to talk to someone who's just started. I'm going to talk to the person who's been doing this for a very long time and ask them for their opinion on how to safely navigate this. Yeah. And this is where I think the crucial role of Indigenous folk and the people who've been practicing this medicine for thousands and thousands of years comes into the picture. I'm not going to talk to someone who's just started. I'm going to go to the person who's been practicing for a long time, whose father's been practicing, whose grandfather's been practicing. You get the picture, right? Yeah. And this is this is where I think it's really important to include Indigenous people in this discussion. And it, it, it hurts me a little bit, if I'm being honest, with Western science. I feel like it has really started a very tunnel vision point of view, where it's if we if we look at this, if we look at the brain, if it's working in this way, then this must be a defect and blah, 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 blah. But like you said, it doesn't really account for the spirituality or maybe the subtleness or the little flavors of the, the experience, yes. the little bits that need to be integrated a little bit more finely. It's, it's quite clinical, which I'm not against. So I just want to be, I, I want to be clear on this. I do have a, a lot of respect for Western science and I do think it has its place, but there's a softness that needs to come with it, especially with psychedelic science and especially with how, sensitive these states are and I've seen it I've participated at this point I'm I probably like at least 120 ceremonies of ayahuasca and that's with um about 15 yeah 15 different healers across Latin America so Colombia uh Peru and um Colombia and Peru I think that's it um anyway so I've, I've participated in my first year and I've seen how different healers work and the level of subtlety in their ceremonies, the level of protection that they put, it, it's amazing. Like, it, 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 it constantly amazes me. It really, like, they really know what they're doing. They know how to protect the space. They know how to navigate the space. Even when it comes to my own personal healing experiences, I've seen how they interact with me in that space. It's a very sophisticated technology that they know how to maneuver. And they've known how to maneuver this for a very long time. And they usually come from a line of healers who have been practicing this as well with initiations starting at maybe 18 years old or even younger. So you have people even younger than that who are being initiated. Wow. Into these. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I've seen um, children as young as 14 being initiated. Wow. Uh-huh. They're, taking it, they're taking it. They're imbibing this. They're tiny, like the tiniest tiny bit. Like I'm talking like drops, like, like okay. the tiniest, tiniest amount. It, it initially might start with maybe them just sitting in the ceremony just you know hanging out with the adult <laughs> might yeah. fall asleep at 10 p.m um <laughs> and then later they'll they'll take just a tiny bit i'm talking absolute drops yeah like if if, if for instance your eye took it would have a very very mild effect um but yes so they there is some ingestion in that wow that's incredible See, this is what i wanted i didn't know any of this like this is Okay, let's go back to this nuance. What do you mean uh-huh. by the nuance that that kind of the flavor that's added that that indigenous people and healers who have learned this over many generations and centuries do differently than say your, your current society people administering it? There's a I, there's a level of expertise, and this, if I'm being honest, this is why I'm so interested in ayahuasca because I like a big problem. As a person, I like a big problem to tackle. And okay. ayahuasca is a huge, a huge, okay. a huge thing. <laughs> um, so, so for instance, if we're talking about initiations, I'll start with initiations. So the average initiation practice is three to five years. And in this three to five years, you'll spend your time with one maestro or several maestros. And you'll be in the middle of the jungle. Um, and you'll be in your ayahuasca diet, which means you won't be eating any salt. You won't be eating any sugar. 
Uh, essentially, your diet is rice and plantain and fish. You won't be having any sex either. Um, no oils, no fats. A very lean diet. And you'll be drinking ayahuasca regularly, like at least three times a week during this yeah. process. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a long process of initiation. Wow. So I suppose the reason I'm saying this is that's how much training goes into holding these spaces well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole lot of knowledge that's behind the experts and I call them the experts because to me that's it's it's amazing I like to draw the analogy between perhaps asking a first year med student to do a um a brain surgery versus the the very specialist profession professional like that's the difference we're having here we're having the specialists working in these spaces the healer that I'm working with now has actually He's learned from about 16 to 17 different healers in different parts of the Amazon. And his diet was five years, no salt, um, no sugar. Absolutely. This is yeah. wild stuff, so, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. And so the subtleties is that he really knows the space, right? Like he, he has seen it. He's spent five years doing this. And since then, he's spent 40 years practicing. So there's a whole lot of knowledge that this man has. Yeah, and he's seen a lot of things happen in this space. I can one thing that really interests me is um how mosquitoes don't enter the ceremonial space. So usually when we have our ceremony and where I'm staying now, it's uh it's a little hut. It's called a tambo, right? It's got four little pillars. It's got a palm leaf roof, but it's open air, and you're in the middle of the night in the jungle, so you'd expect some mosquitoes, um, but they don't enter the space, <laughs> and they've never entered the ceremonial space, no interesting huh. right i mean what yeah. how do you explain that i mean you'd probably have to ask him for that but it's something that's <laughs> well, <ask him. laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's something that's always interesting it's um yeah and 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 i can feel it in the ceremonies i can see how he works and it's it's on the very subtle points of people's energy and it's it's a very beautiful process but it's 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 like doing a very fine brain surgery is how i would yeah. describe it but very very fine you're not fit you have enough expertise that you know exactly what point to get to and you don't need to destroy anything else in the way. Yeah. Mm. Do you think that this um, molecule medicine, I mean, there's different names for all of these things, mm-hmm. psychedelics, um, was put here for us that is meant for animals and humans and all life to experience it, to have a deeper meaning of their existence? I love this question, Darian. I absolutely love this question. This is a great one. Um, this is something I toss over in my mind quite a bit recently, actually. Uh, I think, yes, I think it has great potential. Um, with the, Going back to that two karma myth that I mentioned at the start. So ayahuasca was put here, uh, in this, it was put here to maintain a connection to the spirit realm, but also to show humans how to be human. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um hmm. yeah, I think it's very important. In in some older societies, perhaps, not everyone would drink ayahuasca either. So only certain people would, and they'd bring back the messages. Um I think with the modern day and what we're moving into, there needs to be more scientific research perhaps on the interactions of different medicines, like uh like pill medicines with ayahuasca, uh, and also certain mental illnesses with ayahuasca I'm always on the side of more caution with that 
or to go to someone who really knows what they're doing. So for instance, the master I'm working with, I would have confidence in him to know how to navigate that just because of his level of expertise. Um, so it doesn't have to come from some science, but it needs to come from some expert in yeah. some way or another. Um, I, I have a blog, so I have a blog and I write things um, as blog people do. And my most recent post was a bit of a, it was a bit of a roller coaster, if I'm being honest, but something that also interests, interests me is what is the plant's intention? So what does ayahuasca get out of helping humans? Ooh. Yeah. Huh. There's a, yeah, a common perception in the Amazon and a worldview, you might say, is that plants have spirits or plants have their own personalities or they're, they're able to act, they're agents. So I've, I've always thought like, well, ayahuasca is great. It's amazing medicine. Thank you everything you've done for me but what do you get out of this like just wondering what ayahuasca gets hmm. Hmm. this is <laughs> i never thought about that <laughs> i'm telling you i've never even given that one thought and i actually feel bad that i haven't <laughs> oh my, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> my wait a minute because you know it's it feels like a one-way street but it's true like if we're all connected what are the plants getting out of it what hmm. is the do you have to believe that then, but in order to have that conversation, you kind of have to think that plants have spirit and that they have a certain level of sentience. And we, and we know this now, we know this mm. through trees and the communication mm -hmm. systems and the emotions and feelings. We starting to know that these life forms are much more, they're higher level than we thought. Mm-hmm. So what are they getting out of it? I, I can't even imagine. Like For sure, yeah. I can't even imagine that conversation. You, you said something to me I can't even like process right now. It's, it's all good. Yeah. Just let that burn away in the back for a that. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the conclusion, the place where I'm sitting with that conversation now, and, and sometimes it's just like trying on a hat, right? To me, I find it fun to try on a different hat, just a different way of thinking. See what that feels like. Um, and where I'm at now is that ayahuasca does get something out of this because if we come back to the experience and the effect and the the respect for nature that we get, does ayahuasca also not get humans have respect for nature? And are we then not somewhat inclined to protect nature in some way, shape or form? It's a bit sad that we're at the point where we're at with nature right now. I find yeah. that very sad. But um, that's kind of where I'm sitting with that. But I, I'm letting this one tick away in the back. Yeah, I gotta let that sit too, man. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just blew my mind with that one. I was like, wait a minute, why haven't I thought about this? Like, maybe it is so that it, you will respect. Actually, if I think about it, let me really think about it. I had almost zero okay. respect for nature before mm -hmm. I did my first psychedelic journey, and I don't know why. Maybe it just wasn't. It just wasn't there for me. And then mm -hmm. afterwards, I was like hypersensitive to nature. Wow. And, and now it's like, I have just like such a huge respect for how mm -hmm. small I am in nature. And mm -hmm. so maybe that's, you know, the, the plant taught me that I need to respect it and respect that I am not the center of the universe. I, I am just, I'm a piece of this larger puzzle of life. Mm -hmm. A very important piece. Yes. Every piece I definitely. find very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's this, but it's, it just makes me think like people seek out altered states that are not plant medicine. Mm. And so going back to that, I think that 
this altered state discussion is something that I think is central to humanity is that that we're mm-hmm. almost closed off by our our non we're closed off by reality and some weird mechanism closes us off to a lot of the things that are larger than us and we often mm-hmm. need we need a key or something a gateway to get us to a different portal or a different aspect of life or reality that's mm-hmm. where i think there's a big part of this is that they're reality busters mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. medicine it's it, it it busts the simulation that you're in potentially mm-hmm. you may be in. it's kind of like the truman show in that movie it's like you just <laughs> thought he was in this thing and all of a sudden it's like there's something else out there that's what i feel about yeah. it, you know uh-huh eye openers for sure or um experience openers yeah i mean i questioned my reality hard and the first time i did like i was like is is this like is this what was this just a curtain like what was this like Mm. there's a different side to this like i questioned it hard i'm like what's real (laughs) like what's not (laughs) (laughs) i was tripping hard (laughs) (laughs) but i think it's good to question your reality i really do 100 percent. yeah I think if you can question it and still maintain the point of view that you started with, that means that point of view is strong. And if it changes, that's fine. It needed to anyways. <laughs> if it changes, fine. It needed to anyways. <laughs> but no, I'm serious. If you maintain, if you still have that same point of view that you went in with, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's that's solid. But everything changes. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 What's been the most profound part of this study that you're currently going through? I, the first thing actually that came to mind was intimacy. And it was, yeah. And my participants, so the healers, yes, and there's this intimacy, there's this trust that we've built. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've come across this, but North Star did an ethics pledge in 2020, and it was for anyone in the field of psychedelic research um, who who wanted to have their morals correct. Right? And we've wanted, we're creating psychedelic science, and psychedelic science is beautiful. It's new and it's it's opening, it's flourishing. So we can put in so many different intentions and so many different beautiful moral um, frameworks when we're creating something new. So they created this. And the fir- I think one of the first things they say is that change moves at the speed of trust. And that's something I've noticed over these seven years is the maestro I'm working with, he's phenomenal at what he does. I've mentioned his level of experience. Um, but it's the level of trust and the ongoing friendship that we have, and not just with him, with his family, with his mom, with his daughters, with their children. Like it's a it's a whole interaction there. And this has really led to good research for me. This has really led to a very intimate relationship where we can share ideas, where he's comfortable sharing information with me. I currently have quite a bit of data and what we'll be doing um, before I write my thesis or before I am, um, yeah, before I formally write my thesis. Um, is we'll sit through and we'll go through all the data and go through what's actually appropriate to share or what's um, perhaps more traditional knowledge that needs to be kept a little bit more discreet um, or because it is quite intimate what you're sharing. Um, and it's also that part of the community, that spiritual knowledge, you know, that's a that's almost like the little heart of the community that's most sacred of anything. Mm. Um, so for me, it's that intimacy of knowing someone for so long 
knowing someone's environment for so long and reaching this place where they feel comfortable to share that with me and they feel happy to actually endorse the research project, which is what I liked when I first came back here. And I, the last trip I had, I was here for three months, I did a small research project, but this time I was like, I'm actually here for a year, this is what I want to do. And he fully welcomed it and supported it. So to have every stakeholder on board completely, and we know about Indigenous oppression, we know how bad it's been, we know right. how much knowledge has been stolen. So to have someone on board who's actually happy and trust me as a researcher to go forward in a good way, that to me has probably been the best part of this project and also the most valuable part. This project never would have happened or I won't be getting the data and information I'm getting now if I didn't have that experience and trust. And so it's a long, it's a long process, I guess, in that way. And it will only keep getting better, but um, it's been a process to set that up. So I'm, I'm lucky to be in the place now where I can actually, you know, enjoy it. I mean, it's always been enjoyable. Yeah. It's nice to see the product in the present day of all that time spent in the past. I feel like what you're doing is so important. Like, and this conversation with you, I think, is very different than the other conversations I've had with other people in the psychedelic space. Because it's it's truly an indigenous conversation about this. Mm. It's a more of an ancient conversation that is occurring in current times mm -hmm. type of thing. It's so it's wild, man. It's really wild. <laughs> like it's I'm always getting kind of the current, which is great about, mm -hmm. you know, decriminalization, legalization in different states, the United States. This is all good, all wonderful. But this is what I was looking for, too, is that this kind of ancient indigenous gap or kind of direct mm. mechanism that I think most people I talk to, they just haven't had that. Um, they mm -hmm. haven't had like your deeply interwoven experience with healers, ancient healers mm. like this. And I think we got to we got to like pull these two spectrums together. Uh, type of thing. Yeah. We got to like pull them together because there's all these forces in the psychedelic world and all these things, we got to pull it together. I feel like mm -hmm. uh, with that, but I wanted to ask, here's another question. Mm -hmm. What does it say maybe about the larger society that this topic is becoming explosive and more and more people are seeking ayahuasca, ibogaine, they're seeking psilocybin, mm -hmm. MDMA. What is it that is now awakening people? Why are people more awakened now to this more than ever? I think the reason people seek something is because they don't have something. If you have everything, you're not going to seek anything. Um, Man, so... you're just a knowledge dropper. You know that? <laughs> just Jim popping <laughs> knowledge. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, you know, like, I think it's a reflection of where we're at in society. We're in a hurt society. I feel that. I feel that. I, I look at what's happening to the world and I'm hurt. It hurts me. It really does. And I think a lot of people feel that. And I think we have a lot of pain within ourselves as well. We're, uh, and that's why we're seeking healing. We're seeking some sort of, or perhaps we're even seeking meaning because there's a part of society. I, I think you mentioned this earlier with, um, Western science not having spirituality. I want to send that to Western society not really having spirituality or current day Western society not having yeah. spirituality. Like there's there's a whole, there's something there that needs something that I think as humans, we know there's something a bit deeper, a little bit nuanced, a little bit more. It's it's like putting the garnish on a dish. Yeah. We know that the garnish can be there, but it's it's just not, 
it's not always available readily yeah. available so people are looking somewhere else um i i i think with ayahuasca because um i think people looking for ayahuasca that's that's quite interesting because um that comes with a few different prongs first prong is that that's great firstly to develop relationships with indigenous culture like direct relationships if people are actually able to come over and then like there's a cultural exchange which i find really important so yeah you have your ceremony but also how do people live like how do people who drink ayahuasca live what's that community look like what can you take home from what you see in that society like what, what do you like but then also on the other hand it's um it's a it's a business right it's a money business and then when money gets involved um and this is what the maestros here have told me as well there's a lot of fake shamans there's a lot of fake shamans out there wow a lot uh so as i mentioned i've drunk with about 15 ish people in my time here um and out of that in the current day i'd probably recommend two yeah um so there's a lot of yeah there's it's um and, and the people that I wouldn't recommend, it's not that um, they're looking for money or anything. It's just level of expertise once again. So, yeah, you just have your specialists and then people yeah. who. I mean, it's like anything like that's taking off. Anything that takes uh -huh. off, people are trying to capitalize on it. Yeah. And whether they have, you know, whether they're trying to sell something that they don't really know about, anything that get, is getting big, somebody's going to try to capitalize on 100%. it. You know, that's just life. It's unfortunately mm -hmm. that happens uh, with that. And I, I think when you, going back to what you said about, you know, Western society, I think people are shedding, they're shedding organized religion, but they're not mm. shedding, they're not shedding their belief in something greater or mm -hmm. something spiritual. I think a lot of research has indicated that, you know, uh, there's certainly a very large decrease in organized religion membership and attendance in places of worship, but that people's belief in higher power is just as high as it's ever been. So people mm -hmm. are seeking. They mm -hmm. just don't want to be seeking things that are seem antiquated and very restrictive. And honestly, that may not be very uh, truthful in mm -hmm. many ways uh, for that. So I think this, this burgeoning aspect of like psychedelics it's just another way for humans to connect to how you said to learn how to be human. That like blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a minute. Again, I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, I guess. And also kind of, if we're going back to that Tikana myth, which really seems to be taking stage here today, um, psychedelics is a way of connecting with something greater. Or something yeah. or reminding us of that connection of something else um yeah. so of putting humans in their place but not in a bad way just in a yeah a, gen a gentle nudge like you would with a kid like just a gentle yeah. hand holding and this is your space what has yeah. it taught you about what are the lessons about being human have ayahuasca taught you um hmm. fear is an illusion Ooh. Yeah. There's a difference between fear, feeling fear and danger, but chances are it's probably an illusion. Um, hmm. 
this one is a really interesting one that I still I've got a few pots boiling in my head so if you picture my head it's a stove and I've got a few back burners there <laughs> um, yeah uh, this one's um hmm, how would I word it um, I might come back to that one um but respect, respect for sure. Respect in that we're custodians of the earth and that we're put here to um, to look after nature. Um, but also the nature's put here to look after us and it's a loop and it's nice and it can go both ways. And um, one thing I, I think probably my hook with ayahuasca was yes, the ceremonies were amazing. Yes, I felt the benefits, worked well with my system. It was my first psychedelic actually, which is quite funny because... Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really went for it. I really one. did. Um, yeah. I don't know, yeah. And it was right in the middle of the Amazon. And I remember when I drank it for the first time, I was like, wow, you've done some things in your life, but this is definitely one of the most interesting. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting. <laughs> you know what's funny? You have so much knowledge. Like everything you say is dripping with knowledge. And dripping with these incredible uh, phrases. And I'm sitting there thinking, how much has she done of this? <laughs> like, oh oh <laughs> a lot. But Actually, you... not a lot. I can't even say I've done a lot. I, I said yeah. that to someone the other day. And it was the maestro's brother. And he was like, how many ceremonies have you done? I was like, oh, you know, I'm like a few. I've done, I've done a few. Like, you know, 120-ish. And then, I, and then I remembered who I was talking to. I was like, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've also spent some time working with float tags. I used to work with float tags, yeah. which I find particularly interesting yeah. as a sober, well, sober way of altering your state of consciousness. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you have a different that's way about you, but that's what I'm saying. Like anybody that partakes in a ceremony journey has a different way about them when they talk mm. to them, and you could you just know it because they. Mm they move differently in life and they see things differently. They feel differently, how they speak. Mm. And the, the reverence for life is very different when you've participated in any of these journeys, but you're like on another level with it. It's like your discussion <laughs> is like always, it's always like, it's like a pause. And then there's a saying, and it's very like meaningful. It's a pause, mm. a saying meaningful. There's a question answer. I'll come back to that. Wait a minute. I have to think about this. Like, that's not normal behavior for most people. <laughs> Thanks. That's great. <laughs> it's thoughtful. You're a thoughtful person. You're very thoughtful. Clearly, this has been developed within you. Um, it's beautiful. It's actually beautiful. I, can't, I intentionally, well, I started drinking ayahuasca when I was 20, and that was very intentional because I knew my mind was still forming. Mm. So I, yeah. I and I knew that ayahuasca was good, and I wanted to see how that would go. Yeah. In a developed mind, yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah. You're happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy at the end of the day. I, I don't know, but yeah, like, uh, sorry, I didn't finish what I was saying earlier. What really hooked me with ayahuasca was, um, yeah, the medicine was great, but it was actually going back home after my first month in the Amazon. So I spent first month went back home. And it was my relationships that got stronger. Like, I don't know what changed there, but something happened where suddenly people made more sense to me. 
and I could give more love. And I felt like they received it. So it was a nice loop. And I love people and I love my friends and my family. So to me, that's a little key to my heart. So as soon as that happened, oh, okay, this is something. I saw you strongly agree with me. I'm curious. Strongly agree. Okay. Strongly. (laughs) I I think that's one of the best uh, benefits of psychedelic use is the strengthening of your ability to see people in a better light Mm -hmm. and to have better relationships. Like, seriously, who doesn't want that? Like, like, (laughs) somebody said i don't want to do i don't want to have better relationships who's ever said that like it's (laughs) of course you want to have better relationships and this is just such a powerful way to deconstruct yourself and Mm. but then come back together and then see people Mm -hmm. in a better light for them Mm -hmm. and yourself in a better light i would say there's a lot of self-healing yeah yeah it's interesting with the maestro. I, I find it interesting because for some reason, and I, I think ayahuasca is good for me because it helps me unpack my Western ways of thinking because I, I do work at the university, right? I'm doing my PhD. I'm very, I'm actually quite grounded in that way of thinking. And I spend a lot of time in that space. And then when I come here, I, I realize, oh yeah, that's an idea from there that I, I didn't realize had become, um, had become like made a home in my mind. Um, but the maestro, he was talking about self-love the other day and how important it was to love yourself. And for some reason, I thought that was a really like Western, um, almost new concept. But but he was saying that was one of his best lessons, actually, for my whisper was like, one thing he really learned was to love himself and respect himself and to look after himself and to him, drinking ayahuasca, having a good clean diet um, of good food, that's all part of his self-love. And his, his little speech was very, it was very moving. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it comes back to yourself wow. as well. See, there's so much mm-hmm. wisdom. Like when you speak, there's so much wisdom. And um, I feel like it's a, it's a highway to wisdom. Like you know, a lot of mm-hmm. times you gain wisdom, obviously through being alive a long time and experiences. Mm-hmm. And it feels it's almost like an expressway to wisdom. It's like you're deepening your wisdom especially if you're doing you're younger, you're, de- you're deepening your wisdom very quickly about yourself mm. and the world. And obviously you add into the experiences with that. That's great. But I feel like a lot of this is kind of lost knowledge. Like you said, self-love. And that mm. feels like it's a Western ideal or like a very pop culture ideal, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not though. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like ceremony. We have done everything in our power, especially in the Western world to kill ceremony over the past oh, hundred yeah. years. We're just killing it left and right. When, why do we do that? Why mm. have we decided that ceremony and transitions and life and death are not important? I mean, that's just my, it feels mm. like these medicines help you get back to that, that the ceremony, mm-hmm. the transition from one plane of existence to the next is critically important. Mm. The rite of passage, you might say. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I would still say that Western culture has a lot of ceremony. It's just the significance behind it, perhaps, and the intention, mm. um, because there's a lot of way to hold ceremony. A lot of things we do in day-to-day life are little rituals. Um, but yeah, it's the absence of the spirituality or perhaps the, the deep aspect. I've, I find it particularly difficult in Western culture to think about not having a transition, um, a puberty transition, like a formal 
uh, rite of passage in that way because a lot of cultures do have that rite of initiation or that that way that it takes, for instance, a, uh, a girl to a woman or you'd see it more commonly with boys to men. Like they, they fulfill some sort of um, trajectory and then at the end of that, they're confirmed men or they're confirmed women. Right. Like, I find that I find that particularly hollow in the West is that there is no real formal structure for that because puberty in itself is quite a it, it's a difficult process for young people you know there's a lot going on and it would be nice I think to have some sort of structure to show and also to almost create strong people or strong society or people who know themselves or who are grounded in themselves if you could help during that transitional phase um, that that makes me a little bit um, yeah, I think the West needs some sort of right of initiation in that way that's a little bit more um, structured than what it currently is than a 16 blowout. <laughs> yeah, or well, the sweet 16, yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think too, like with death, we have a very difficult time dealing with death, mm-hmm. even discussing it. Again, another huge benefit to psychedelics is decreasing the fear of death mm-hmm. or, you know, acceptance and. I mean, if you talk to any most young people, they don't really think they're going to die. I mean, they're like, mm. they're like, it's like out of their mind. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a long way away, you know, or we'll figure this out or something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always remember I'm going to die. Always. Good. Always. And I think it's important to remember mm-hmm. that because it's fuel. It should push you to accomplish things mm-hmm. and have reverence for, for the life you're in uh, for that. But there's like, you know, the ceremony in Western culture is generally people are dying in not ideal places that they want to be, you know, in mm-hmm. a hospital, looking up at a ceiling in a sterile mm-hmm. environment, maybe alone, maybe with some people, you know, there are some, ex- you know, exceptions like in maybe like uh, New Orleans in the past culture where they would have parties and celebrations when people died to celebrate their life. But that's mm-hmm. very rare in the West. Mm-hmm. It's mainly a, a, actually a fairly sad situation of passing mm. on, you know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, it's quite, and there's so much fear around death as well. Um, yeah. Like, it's it's not really accepted as part of the life death. So, and there's also fear of holding on, I guess, or mm. there's something that strongly, in, in, like, people want to hold on so dearly, but there's a point, in my opinion at least, where there's a gentle letting go. And a gentle acceptance that this is the next phase of someone's life. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's this is crazy. This is all you know, <laughs> you're doing is what you're doing is pretty amazing. Like you're studying something in a very raw and ancient way that I think is amazing. So, what is, what's, well, who knows where it's going to go for you? you have, I'm sure you have an idea. <laughs> but like, I, what would you want to do after your education, your formal education? How do you want to be in this space professionally? In this space professionally, I would like to continue um, the research, I think, some sort of uh, research role, um, whether that's within a formal university institution or perhaps ideally something a little bit more, um, maybe less rigid than the university. But for me, what works well for me as a researcher is being out in the field and using my resources in that way. Like I, I love living in the middle of the jungle. There's something about it for me that I really enjoy. And there are some people who love being in a lab. So why don't we work together yeah. <laughs> instead of trying to be in each other's? Because um, yeah. I would not work well in a lab. I worked <laughs> there for like a few months for sure, but um, level of satisfaction would be, oh, it'd be okay, actually. Um, <laughs> but 
but yeah, so so for me, I'd like to continue research um, because also what I've found with ayahuasca is, and plant medicines in general, is that it's a huge, massive field. It's humongous. Um, and I think there's a lot of time that can be spent researching this. And also a little area that I'm playing into, which I which is um which I've just started actually, is documentaries. I'd like to do more documentaries. Because for me also as a researcher, I love I love writing. I absolutely love it. Uh made the blog, so I think that's a little bit more accessible. But academia, in a sense, uh slightly annoys me because the research is not very accessible. So you need to have a level of education to be able to read the research paper. But oh. hey, what if I make a documentary? Can you understand that? Probably. Oh yeah. People understand videos, yeah. So um for me that would be that would be a nice little side avenue that I'm feeling out right now. Um so I've got my little camera with me right now actually and I've started putting together little bits and pieces. So we'll see how that goes after the year's over. Um wow. but yeah. That's amazing. Just, I like I it's accessibility at the end of the day. Right. It's and, successful. Yeah. 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 We need people like you who are, who are like want to actually be in the jungle and want to actually <laughs> spend their lives focusing in these areas. Like that's fantastic. Seriously. This has been <laughs> enlightening for me, extremely enlightening. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing, Rebecca. Thank you. And thank you for holding such a lovely space. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm just seeking knowledge, right? You said if people are seeking mm -hmm. something, you know, well, I don't want to mess it up how you said it. They're missing something, <laughs> something like that. You know? <laughs> you know, there's something they're missing. I'm missing the knowledge, the complete, the larger field of knowledge of psychedelics. I have the experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I've talked to a lot of people, but like I look at the gap, I have not talked to someone who has basically studied this with indigenous people, healers, shamans. I'm like, okay, I need that. I need to like dive mm -hmm. into that portion. You are my entryway into that. So Great. I'm just filling the spaces <laughs> in. That's all I'm doing. You know, mm -hmm. I really appreciate what you're doing. I think it's very important work to be done. Thank you so much. Well, please tell everyone how they can connect with uh, maybe your blog or and ways to, I know yeah, you're in sure. the jungle and stuff, you know, but you know. <laughs> actually the internet connection in the jungle is better than my connection back home in Wellington. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have like one time I was like in the middle of the river and I was getting Facebook notifications. Um, just great. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, if you think about it, people have their little farms that are so far away yeah. from each other. So it's actually really yeah. important. It saves people walking for six hours to have <laughs> right. <tower>, you know. Yeah, <laughs> sure. um, but anyways, uh, to get in touch with me, okay, so my name's Beth or Rebecca. Um, I go by Beth. So B-E-K, plants, P-L-A-N-T-S. So that's my Instagram handle, my Twitter handle. And then my blog is beckplants.wordpress.com. Com. Um, so yeah, if you want to get in touch, um, feel free to flip the message or see what I've been up to. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And thanks, Darian. It's been such a pleasure. Of course, to you. of course. I mean, get in touch. Seriously, everybody. Uh, there are a lot of people from the psychedelic community that are going to listen to this and be fascinated by it. I hope as many of them as possible reach out to you because you're doing something different. You really are. Um, different than most people I've talked to and uh, everybody's doing really incredible work, but this is a different deal. I mean, this is, this is like really at the root of the, the ancient history 
of, of this medicine. So uh, thank you for the work you're doing and thank you for your time. Of course. Thanks, Darian. Thank you.